But if you really wanted to have a totally independent party that said, look, we're not with the major parties, we're not with the establishment, we have our own ideas, uh, the message from the state of New York is there is no place for you. But the Republican Party clearly decided to punt and have someone there just so they could say that they had opposition to Schumer. What they're looking at right now in the state of New York and many other states is a system which is virtually identical to what the CIA has put in place in, in other countries to control the outcome of elections, to make sure that the person who will play ball with our financial uh, and intelligence community is the one who gets into office. Welcome to Business Game Changers. I'm Sarah Westall. I have Diane Sayre coming to the program. She is being censored and thrown under the bus and everything they possibly can to keep her from affecting Schumer's race. They completely fix Schumer's race in New York. The Republicans are helping them. The Everything that the news media, everything they're doing is geared so that Schumer is going to win again. And you'll hear the stories from Diane herself. I'm to the point we just need adults in the room and we have a bunch of thugs and the mob and criminals running everything and we really need a new type of candidate in there people who are adults ready to deal with the real problems that we have in the world and without that this is it's a ridiculous system and it's not even worth our time and we need to set up something parallel so that we're not completely affected by these guys uh because this is this is what we have we have a bunch of jokesters, clowns, and criminals and thugs trying to do things. Hopefully, the American first candidates will get in there and really make a difference, that they're a different type of candidate so that they can change. If not, we got to come up with something because this is this is ridiculous. Their intent, these criminal cabal, and she'll talk about it too, their intent is to kill seven out of eight billion people on this planet so that they can depopulate their eugenicists and they think that there's too many people. And just like they would with cows, if the herd or deer, if the deer herd gets too big, they allow hunting so that you can thin it out. When it's too low, they stop the hunting for a while. That's how they think about us. We're just animals and they need to call the herd. Regardless, you know, this is a really interesting conversation. She brings in some new bombshell information about the pipeline and some other things about how they're controlling elections. And I really like her. I think she's the type of candidate that needs to get in there because she'll ask the questions and she'll challenge people. And that's what we need because, you know, the real issues here aren't pretty to look at. But if we don't address them, they're not going to go away on their own. and <laughs> We're going to have a total disaster on our hands. Okay. That being said, I put up a video the other day with Ion and Philip, two really great scientists. And we talked about quantum energy or frequency. You might call it the plasma energy field. Basically tapping into the energy between cells. And they have been doing a ton of studies with this. And man, did we get pushback from people saying that this is a bunch of bogus hype and it's BS and everything else. And then, that you know, we get accused of being grifters. It's like, well, it's free for you to try. And I really hope that before you try it, you at least have some blood tests to see if you have issues in your blood because if you don't let's say this doesn't work for you let's say you are one of those that doesn't work for you well you got to do something about the issues in your blood so if you got issues that won't be a waste of money but this will be free free to try so why are we grifters when you're giving you something free to try besides i you know the scientists i had one person tell me that a legit credentialed scientist says it's bs i'm like okay well there's gonna be a thousand more no tens of thousands more scientists like that that are going to say this is BS until it gets to the point where they stop saying it's BS when there's enough studies, enough people that understand it and it becomes part of our consciousness. But bottom line, this is what we're up against. The mainstream science isn't going to understand it, but you got to look at the studies because the biohacking world, we're like this too. This is all bunk and they've been at it for about a year. And because the studies kept coming back and the people were following the studies and they were getting involved and they eventually said, okay, this works. And we don't know why, but it's working. 
And, and so they don't get that kind of feedback anymore from the biohacking community. They, they're like, this stuff works, guys. So I, I think that's all ha- that'll happen with regular scientists, too, and regular people. They'll always be the holdouts that don't understand the science, that have the reputation built on the understanding of science in a different way, and they will never accept it. But that's the reality of that. So I just had to comment on it because the trolls came out in mass on that last video. If you haven't had a chance to watch it, you really should. Because I think that uh, you will find it very interesting. This is this is the point of what I was talking about in this interview. That if we can unleash the human creativity, the human mind to solve our problems, and instead of everything being censored and controlled by the cartel, so they can control all the industries, I, humanity is going to flourish. We're the what our future is is amazing. But we got to get that boot off our neck. And when these scientists and entrepreneurs and creative people, artists, everybody just can be unleashed so we can see what humanity can do. It'll be a fantastic future if we can get this boot off our neck. So anyways, the last thing before I get into the show, make sure that you are building up your immune system. I'm going to have another show with Dr. Joan Newsman. We're going to talk about other ways that you can reverse, including this, uh, the quantum energy. I think you need to look at that. Go Make sure you look at our solutions document, but we're going to have him back. We're going to talk about things to reverse the issues. In the meantime, make sure you're building up your immune system. We have the Z stack. We have the Z flu now. Those are great options for you. I have the 10% off discount coupon, fall 10. I believe that's still good. So if you can get it, use it today. I'll have the coupon below fall 10. And also look at the different vitamin protocols that I have on my website at sarahwestall.com under shop, all sorts of ways to build your immune system. You want to have a really good vitamin protocols that you use so you can get the nutrition that you need so your immune system is really strong. So go to sarahwestall.com under shop and be sure to use the coupons if there are some. Otherwise, some of them you have coupons if you join Ebonier and you can get coupons that way. Okay. And remember, when you're at my website, sign up for my newsletter. That's how you get notifications of everything going on, including my articles that I write and my shows. Okay. Let's get into this really good conversation with Diane Sayre. Hi, Diane. Thank you so much for coming to the program. Thanks so much for having me. I'm happy to be here. Well, I have been following you and I... (laughs) Like normal, the powers that be decided to completely shut you out of the the Senate process in New York. You're running against Schumer, and then there's a Republican candidate, which I'd like you to talk a little bit about him. But you're an independent candidate for LaRouche, and you, you have been completely shut out of the process. You had enough signatures to be added to the ballot, so you'll be on the ballot. But they did a game, didn't they, as far as not letting you be part of the debate because they claim that you didn't get 16% of the support, but they didn't even add you to the name as an option. So they, right. it's political games to the extreme. Even the ballot, even the ballot access thing, because look, uh, the Libertarian Party could not get on, the Green Party, these are long established parties who may not have won presidential elections, but they've won elections for city council and various other offices uh, across decades. And the signature requirement was so outrageous. They tripled it this year. This was the first year. 15,000 in a statewide race was the previous standard. That remains the standard if you're with the Democratic or Republican Party. Uh, but for and the two parties that shadow them, the working families and conservative, who managed to keep their ballot positions by, I would say, betraying their uh, identity as independent and putting Trump and Biden at the top of their slate. So that's how they kept over 2% and kept ballot status. But if you really wanted to have a totally independent party that said, look, we're not with the major parties, we're not with the establishment, we have our own ideas. Uh, the message from the state of New York is there is no place for you. And in fact, they literally argued when they tripled the signature requirement for those of us with minor parties. And you also have to consider if you're in a minor party or like myself, completely independent, not with anyone except luckily my association with LaRouche for all these years, which had a substantial network. 
but we don't have the money, the resources, the press, and then they tell you get triple the signatures. Uh, so I was the only person who was able to do this. And their argument is that we want to show that you are not a, quote, frivolous candidate. Uh, but they further argued, not in the legislation, but in some of the accompanying back and forth argumentation of why they needed to do this. They literally said, we don't want matching funds to go to candidates who may not have a view that coheres with the majority of the taxpayers. Oh, okay. So, so it's really, and I don't even get matching funds. Federal candidates don't qualify for the, that's not an issue, but they tripled the signatures anyway. But you made that requirement. Yeah. And then, which was, you were the only one. So there should be three candidates now that were included in the debate. Right. But then they played another game. Exactly. <laughs> Well, they said, because they didn't list me as being in the debate, so my campaign coordinator called and sent an email, and the guy was laughing. You know, they chortle about their dirty tricks, I think. And he said, oh, no, she didn't meet the criteria, and you have to get at least 15% in the polls. Now, we already were a little suspicious of the polls because two of my volunteers had told me they had been called by the polls, and the polls told them uh, when they said we're, we want to vote for Diane Sayre, they said, oh, sorry, that's not an option. Oh, so it were, wasn't even an option. Right. So, okay, they, so it wasn't that they didn't, they wouldn't even let people say you. Correct. Whichever poll that was. Now, one of the polls did allow you to select other. And ultimately, Spectrum News claimed that I had been given fair and equal treatment because people could have chosen other. Oh, for God's sake. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's very it's very unethical so this is what they're doing okay so now they got schumer it seems that schumer they're just trying to ram him through make sure he's in there sure. now who is this republican candidate because i know that the republicans um have been mitch mcconnell has been uh caught not supporting close republican ra uh, races and pulling the funding and they're also not supporting uh american first candidates they're funding other candidates to try to beat them or they're putting candidates up that the Democrats will beat. Right. Well, that's the case. Look, remember, Schumer's been in Washington 42 years, 18 years in the House, 24 years in the Senate. You don't do that unless there's an agreement really between both parties to never challenge you or out of fear. Remember his threat to Donald Trump six ways from Sunday. Don't you dare talk about reorganizing the intelligence agencies. It's stupid. They have six ways from Sunday to get back at you. So I would imagine that uh, people don't really want the FBI showing up on their at their front door at six o'clock in the morning. And they therefore have this game where they'll run a candidate, a placeholder in effect, who will not be a serious challenge. And so they chose this time this guy called Joe Pinion, who I named No Pinion, because if you go to his website, you will see that he does not take a clearly defined position on any matter of substance. And he's an African-American host uh, on Newsmax. Uh, so, but I think that it may be worse than that because when we had this radio program, which he did join with me, he said that Putin had hacked the colonial pipeline and the JBS beef hacking, you know, monopoly, so that it's supposedly Putin who's threatening our food and fuel supply. And I was told by one of my colleagues who works on intelligence for executive intelligence review, he said, you know, as soon as he said that, um, I my ears perked up because that is the line of this election security group. That is, you don't hear a lot of people talking about Putin hacking the colonial pipeline these days, hacking the election, an unprovoked invasion, you know, invasion of Ukraine. But this particular line, colonial pipeline and JBS, um, that is a line of this election security group, which is tied into CrowdStrike. It's tied into the whole Russiagate thing, very nasty. 
And prior to running, Pinion was actually involved in companies that are promoting solar panels and wind turbines. And he actually said his proposal on the um, when the green stuff came up in the debate that he had with Schumer is that uh, people should be harshly penalized for not abiding by the Paris Climate Accords and that we should tax other countries if they don't abide by carbon caps. I mean, you're just talking about exterminating the entire third world. There is nothing in either of those positions that's any different from the establishment. And um, and the unfortunately silly people who run around just saying we're just going to vote straight, vote straight down the line, Republican, because we have to defeat the Democrats. Well, I appreciate the sentiment. We definitely should do all we can to not have a Democratic majority in the House and Senate. But please look before you leap. There's an alternative, myself, who's actually a serious candidate with a serious program, but the Republican Party clearly decided to punt and have someone there just so they could say that they had opposition to Schumer. Well, and it seems like, yeah, he's not even a real candidate. Newsmax won't cover anything that's controversial. It seems like he's a Democrat disguising as a Republican or a globalist which, you know, a rhino Republican, a true globalist supporting that agenda. And I don't even know why someone would be a globalist unless they are really, really dumb or paid off. <laughs> right. The, you really know what dumb I mean? or, or really evil. I mean, what yes. kind of person takes delight in billions of people dying of starvation? That That's just hideous. They, they don't understand. They think that comment that you just made made you sound crazy. But in reality... This really is what they're doing. And they don't understand. They're not smart enough to comprehend that this is really going on. One indication that people should have seen when COVID started, when the World Economic Forum put up there, we're going to base our entire reset on COVID. If that doesn't start to open eyes, I don't know. I mean, these people just are either, like I said, either dumb or they're, they're paid off and blackmailed somehow. Sure. Now, I'll just to be a little bit um, diabolical, I will say that I thought when the pandemic arrived that we could have taken the opportunity to do a different kind of reset, which is to take stock and say, oh, my gosh, we have so broken down our physical economy. We have so many people in services and consumers. We should take this as a warning, because the baseline of public health in the U.S. is very low. I had a program with a, a minister, uh, African-American minister in Buffalo, who was talking about how he got interested in health because he said he was doing so many funerals for men in their 50s. And it was driving him crazy. And he started looking at things, diabetes, you know, <clears throat> hypertension, obesity, and he said, these are not disease. They're not like a virus. These are things that you have a great deal of control over if you learn things about nutrition and exercise. Yeah. So you could have said, OK, we know the number one comorbidity is going to be poverty. So let's reorganize the entire economy to fix our rotten sewage treatment systems, improve ventilation, get decent nutrition to people. Um educate people on the benefits of exercise and vitamin D, whatever. Serious. Yeah. Actually improve the resilience of the people. Build up your immune system. Right. And then this COVID went to kill very many people. So right. it's, or use treatments that these holistic doctors came up with that were very, very effective, but our medical system is, is, and it's been bought out. It's been, they're blackmailed. They're being paid off to use certain drugs and treatment protocols. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's very ugly. And I think there's two aspects. There's the lower level, just dumb, greedy brutes who just are happy to do anything to get money. And then on the top level, you have the Prince Charles, Klaus Schwab, uh, other people who have a literally Malthusian world outlook. They actually hate people. They actually think that some people are genetically superior to other people and that there's no difference between a human being and an animal. So you just call the herd. You get rid of the excess. Uh, well, they're eugenicists. But, yes. but it's, what is strange is they're not 
they're not seeming to be picky about who they want to take out. Right. Well, if you want to get rid of seven out of eight billion people, you can't afford to be picky. (laughs) (laughs) You might want to be picky on who's left over because you won't have that many. But... Okay, this is insane. This is why they didn't want you because you would actually provide a challenge to Schumer and make Schumer look dumb. You right. did make uh, the Republican candidate look pretty dumb. Joe, whatever his name is. I don't watch Newsmax. There's right. a reason I don't watch Newsmax. And um, you made him look dumb because you could you could address the situation as a serious adult. And he was obviously not, he was scared it was, and same with the radio host. If you're scared to ask a certain question, and that's just off limits because it's scary, because we can't go there because we're not uh, patriotic if we believe that way, then you have no business being anywhere near running our country or being a journalist because you need to ask the hard questions. You need to look at what the truth really is. And that means you have to look at things that are ugly and maybe not very pleasant. Right, right. Now, I want to actually address a story that's breaking right now, um, because I think this is very important and we shouldn't let them brush it under the rug. Maybe you've heard about the (laughs) foolish text message apparently sent by Liz Truss after the Nord Stream pipeline blew up. No, No, you tell us what happened Blinken. She sent a text to Blinken one minute after the pipeline exploded, saying it's done. Oh, well, that and, is a smoking gun. Yes. And they are now saying, well, we have to verify, blah, blah. And it reminds me, please, let's not have what happened with Hillary Clinton's emails, where everyone admitted that the emails were definitely damning and she definitely did steal the nomination from Bernie Sanders and or intended to at any rate. Um, all of that, all of the actual criminality of the Clinton campaign and the DNC was brushed under the rug because we had to go after Russia for allegedly hacking the DNC server, which they didn't do. And everyone admitted they had no evidence. Uh, remember the Victoria Newland phone call, F the EU, right? Yeah. Where they were talking about who they were going to put in power in Ukraine. And they tried very hard at first to say this was a hack, it was a fraud, but her voice was unmistakable. And so that uh, stood. But now you have this. And I'll tell you, it's beautiful because people often ask, well, how are you going to defeat these people? They have more money. They control the media. They have the big guns. I mean, literally nuclear weapons and everything else. How can you go up against that? And you say, well, the beautiful thing about these people is their arrogance. That is true. You can create a situation where they destroy themselves. And this is beautiful. Well, let me ask you, because I do think that if you were given, if people knew you exist and they had any way of figuring out what you were about, I really do think you could win. But here's my caveat is I don't put it past them that they would cheat either. Oh, of course. <laughs> yeah. yeah, of course. And I don't know how much we can talk about it, but I read the report. I've been looking at the findings of this New York audit group, and it confirms everything. Uh, actually, this thing about the fake voters or uh, unqualified individuals who seem nonetheless to have state board of election ID numbers. Um, before I was active with LaRouche in 1976, when I would have been 10 years old, just so everyone knows now how old I am, um, they challenged the election of Jimmy Carter in the state of New York. And the judge ruled that indeed the LaRouche organization had proved that, I don't know how many hundreds of thousands of dead people and you know illegitimate non-existent voters had cast votes supposedly in that election. The judge said, you're right, you prove there is massive um, dead people voting, but it's secret ballot. You can't prove that those votes went to Carter, so we're not going to do anything about the election. But I bring that up because it shows that this has been in existence for a long time. It's not new. And um, what they're looking at right now in the state of New York and many other states is a system which is virtually identical to what the CIA has 
put in place in, in other countries to control the outcome of elections, to make sure that the person who will play ball with our financial uh, and intelligence community is the one who gets into office. Well, and if we don't fix this, we don't have a country. I mean, it's not, this isn't a democracy. This is, these are just the Davos group controlling everything, right? I mean, yeah, it's not a true yeah. anything. No, I look, they're very desperate because, and this, again, there is such a beautiful principle of natural law and King sense the arc of the moral universe is long, but it bends toward justice. You look at LaRouche's fight where in 1976, he was calling for a new international development bank, meeting with Indira Gandhi and leaders in the non-aligned movement, meeting with Lopez Portillo in 1985, organizing leaders to create, to deploy what he called the debt bomb, which is you bring many governments together and they tell the IMF or World Bank, we are not going to pay more than X of our GDP in Mexico, they said 10% to debt service. You've devalued our currency. You have, So we are paying you five, 10, 100 times what we borrowed. And then you're stealing our infrastructure. We're not going to do this anymore. Um, and then LaRouche wrote prolifically, he was so optimistic. He literally wrote a program called the, the Republic of Saudi Arabia in the year 2023. <laughs> you can wow. think of anything more optimistic than that. Uh, and it was a whole development plan for Saudi Arabia. He he wrote a 50-year plan for the Pacific Ocean Basin, the World Land Bridge. So there, there's no, he wrote, we published a book uh, called The Industrialization of Africa. There's no part of the planet for which he did not have very, very specific development proposals, power, water management, rail, everything. Um, and now what's happening and partly accelerated because of the foolishness of the Biden administration and his city of London and Wall Street controllers is that this order, very similar to what LaRouche outlined, and believe me, given that he was meeting with heads of state and other people in these countries, I, I don't think it's coincidental, is coming into existence. So it's not only the BRICS nations, but the Eurasian Economic Forum, the top, the guy running that, Sergei Glaziev, is someone who openly says that he studied LaRouche. He considers LaRouche a great genius. And he wrote a, or he delivered a video message on the centennial of LaRouche's birth saying, I'd like to point out that those nations who are following something like what Mr. LaRouche proposed are moving in a direction of prosperity. Uh, and he doesn't say too much about the nations that didn't, but obviously collapse. I mean, you look how the West has been affected. So yeah. I think partly we have to bear in mind that the push for war is not only because of the collapse of the transatlantic system, but because actually there's a potential for an incredible new paradigm of relations among nations where they have much more respect for sovereignty, for human dignity. People say, look, we agree to disagree. I mean, China and Russia have very different cultures, very different governments. But on February 4th, they signed quite a comprehensive series of agreements of things that they're working on together. Well, and this is why I get nervous, because we get nervous about China, because we're getting a lot of China is in, embedded into our culture quite a bit. And and if you don't look at this whole thing holistically, because we don't want to fight with China, we want to get along with China, but we don't want them to control us either in the way that, you know, we're hearing that they're doing, because that's the other and I want to talk to you about that. That's the other concern is that China is wanting to control the world and all that stuff. But we still have to look at all these issues that we have. So isn't it important that we, instead of wanting to fight everybody and always go to war and risk nuclear war, shouldn't we talk about these issues as adults and work through it and make sure that China doesn't rule us, but yet we still can work with them? Well, first of all, I don't think they really want to rule us at all. I think they would appreciate it if we wouldn't be insane. Um I mean, the people who want to rule us are 
Britain, it's the Tavistock Institute, the CIA, they launched project after project to destroy and undermine American culture and the American Revolution. And uh, China keeps putting out these olive branches, like I think their moon, or maybe it was when they were sending this, um, their rover to Mars. I forget which it was, but when they launched one, they played um, America the Beautiful. They keep trying to make gestures that they would really like to work with us. Confucius is really the dominant factor there. You know, it was banned during the Cultural Revolution of Mao, but the Confucian philosophy is just very different than this kind of um, Hobbesian world of winner-take-all and who's better and who's worse. So when Xi Jinping talks about win-win cooperation, he really means that. There's not a secret agenda to come in and steal all of someone's raw materials or the kind of things that you would see from George Bush's Barrick Gold Company or the British Empire. So I think it's a matter of becoming more familiar with the culture and also recognizing that, that by the United States insisting on being so backwards, we have created an incredible vacuum. Yeah, We've created a horrible vacuum of leadership. We don't uphold the principles that John Quincy Adams expressed or the founders of our nation. This 4th of July, I wrote a leaflet which went through the list of the grievances that are in our Declaration of Independence, why we had a revolution against the British Empire. Yep. And I don't think there, there was one which we are not now doing to every other nation on the planet. So we, in effect, have become our opposite. And that creates a terrible vacuum. And I was actually very pleasantly surprised because there are so many people who are so anti-American now and they you know, they're destroying the history of the country. They're trying to cover it up so people don't know it. I was on the Duran um, last week and Alexander brought up, he said, well, I think that the United States would have a tremendous role to play in the world if it represented those principles on which you were founded. And I was so delighted because you don't often talk to people who are not Americans who have studied or who remember, who know Alexander Hamilton or Quincy Adams or really what Abraham Lincoln was thinking or some of these other things. And they have hope uh, that we could actually make a very, very positive contribution to the world. Well, and if the whole world is structured more like we structured our states where they're independent states, it's not this one world order that they're trying to do but people are governing themselves. And I mean, the whole concept of liberty and justice for all and all those things, that is how we want the world. I mean, that's the evolution of humanity. Well, that's what you think, but <laughs> I know. I'm afraid they don't, these people don't agree with you, of course. Obviously. Do they not agree with me or are, are they paid off to not agree with me? I know that the, the Klaus Schwabs and people of the world, they just want to dominate. They're, that's different. Right. But what about the people who are weasels? You know, I mean, they're just the Schum Chuck Schumers. <laughs> right. No, so you're I mean, right. What, are they, what is their issue? What I don't think they I don't think they think about it at all. They've destroyed their humanity. They've they've come down to the horrible British view of man. See, Bentham, is it? You know, seek pleasure, avoid pain. That's it. That's your whole mission in life. Get as rich as you can, control what you can, do what feels good, don't do what doesn't feel good. It's a horrible, bestial existence. That may be why they have such a hard time distinguishing between human beings and animals. Well, yes. And that's that's the Luciferian concept. And, um, you know, I, I there is a sick cult at the very top, which I know you've studied and you, right. you know about. Um not all these politicians are that, but they are blackmailed by them, aren't they? Either blackmail or they they play with it. Yeah, they play with it. Because if we had serious adults doing things, we could do amazing. Our future is amazing, but we have to fix we have to fix the medical system. There's so many things we have to fix. Like what would you do to fix our the, the fact that pharmaceuticals completely control our medical system and bastardized what it means to be healthy. 
Well, I think one, we should have an audit of the relationship between the pharmaceutical companies and the members of Congress. I think that would be very interesting. Uh, I think there's so much to be done to restore trust. And it's the same thing with the elections. I don't think Americans or anyone would be in a white hot rage about an election result if they felt it were actually fair and could be verified and validated. That's right. right. Uh, But the fact that you don't know and what you see obviously everywhere is so many people of ill will who are not trustworthy, uh, then you always have this suspicion. So I think that's why in my campaign, I've really wanted to stick to things that can unite people that are sort of irrefutable. Now, some people are so insane, they don't even agree with that, like the need for energy, (laughs) the need for food, um, the need for clean drinking water and modern sewer systems and modern water management. you know, we, in a sense, everything's become so crazy and people are so bombarded and they don't know what to believe that you want to go back to basics. And and I think that's why LaRouche's metric of physical economy, this term he developed, I'm sure you've heard potential relative population density mm-hmm. um, is really critical because what is it looking at? He's saying, look, if you take a totally suppose there were such a thing as a hunting and gathering society where people were burning wood eating off the land didn't have organized agriculture you could not sustain very many people on a square mile and you'd have to travel right you'd have to travel according to the seasons you're going to quickly you know burn down all of the trees in a certain area if it's a cold climate so maybe you can sustain only 10 or fewer people per square mile, three people per square mile, and the life expectancy is going to be short. Uh, It's going to be a pretty miserable, labor-intensive life. Uh, But then suppose you discover things like uh, coal, charcoal, that you discover you can get more heat. You discover how to build a clay oven. or a different kind of housing. You discover crop rotation and ways to increase the productivity of the soil. And suddenly you now have the ability to sustain 50 people in a square mile of land. You don't have to roam around, you don't have to move and the standard of living improves. People can live to 60 or 65 instead of 30 or 35. And suddenly knowledge and imparting to future generations the discoveries of the previous generation becomes very important. Literacy, language, these things. And once you begin to get to things like nuclear power, fission right now, fusion, you're not digging big ditches for coal. You're using a very tiny, tiny amount of fuel, which can give you enormous amounts of heat, for a very long time, allows you to purify water, allows you to grow plants indoors, do all kinds of things, build high-rise buildings, control the temperature. And suddenly what you're finding is you have a circumstance where you can sustain 400 people per square mile average. And it'll be differentiated, right? You might have designed cities. So some square miles might not have anyone on them because they're all used for farmland or whatever, but it comes out to an average of 400 people per square mile. Life expectancy is 95. Um, People are spending more time on their education because it's a more advanced society. And that this is normal human progress. And it coheres with the way the biosphere has developed. If you think about the first forms of life on the planet, I mean, suppose it was blue-green algae. We used to always talk about that. Or they talk about cyanobacteria, which made the um, forced a, a, a shift because of the production of oxygen, which created an atmosphere. So you had these little teensy single cell things, which ultimately became jellyfish, fish, 
And then you get to amphibians and mammal amphibians and reptiles, which still don't regulate their own temperature. And then when you get to mammals, mammals who regulate their own temperature need to consume a lot more calories. So life went from very simple, not energy dense, to becoming more and more complex, more and more interconnected, and with and more and more energy dense. They have to consume more calories to exist. And, and so human beings, we don't die off in an extinction and come back as a superior species, that we have this unique ability because of our mind that we can transform our species at will by virtue of making a scientific discovery. And, and LaRouche's work really coheres with the Ukrainian-Russian scientist Vernadsky, which is to say that the development of the human species becoming more and more energy dense, consuming more and more energy per capita, becoming more complex, is actually completely coherent with the way the biosphere is developing. And as soon as mankind decides to halt or to go backwards, that what you will discover is a massive increase in the death rate because you will be lowering the carrying capacity. You'll be lowering the ability of that area of land to sustain people. If you go from burning petroleum, like in Europe, they're going back to burning wood. You can't sustain the population of Germany on burning wood. So people will die, right? So I think that you have to look at economics from the physical standpoint and not from money to kind of get your bearings and say, well, is this a good policy or is this a bad policy? Does this improve the ability for more people to live with a higher standard of living? Or does it mean that fewer people are going to live and we want a lower life expectancy and we want them to eat less and consume less? Well, then you're going to increase the death rate. Well, we should we should evolve as who how we manage ourselves too. I mean, we're getting to the way that they're managing the country and managing the world is still tyrannical, brutish, thousand years ago kind of thing. They want to go back to that, right? <laughs> you know, they want to they want to go backwards in evolution. So I do have a point: the uh, censorship that we're seeing in mass is censoring and i've i seen because this is what i used to cover is the and i i still do but business game changers is the name of my show and then i realized you know we are at this we're in the war right so i've been starting to cover i've been covering that for the last you know four years but what and i still periodically cover advanced science and and the edge of change and i quickly realized that some of this amazing technology is being censored and shut out we can have free energy. We can have so many amazing things if you unleash unleash the potential of the human mind and stop messing around with censorship and let these entrepreneurs, let these engineers and scientists create and unleash them because we have amazing potential in the human race, but we're not being allowed to move forward because they want to control and monopolize every industry including energy and medicine and all these things but the human being we could do amazing things right now you sound a little bit like general douglas macarthur i don't know if you've read his uh his speech on the battleship missouri when japan surrendered because first of all he had no plan to use nuclear bombs he was informed about it barely 24 or 48 hours before they decided to drop the nuclear bombs on Hiroshima and Nagasaki. He had organized the naval blockade, which was so successful that the emperor was already negotiating the terms of surrender with the Vatican. So there was no need to do that. But back to what he said, so he comes in and he has to run the military occupation of Japan and he's looking at the destruction and his speech is very beautiful because he said, in effect, now that we have mankind possesses the technology to completely annihilate itself, but spiritually and morally, we are behind the power that we have scientifically. Yep. And, and he's right. He calls for a spiritual recrudescence in effect what Schiller called for, you have to educate the emotions, you have to educate the whole 
person because otherwise any discovery can be used for good or for total destruction potentially. Yep. And that's what I talk about wisdom. We need wisdom because we, these amazing technologies, all of them can be used for bad too. And I use the example of the organ harvesting the black market for the heart, you know, the organ trade, how it was so amazing when we could do organ transplants, but then that unleashed a whole black market of, the, you know, organ trafficking. So everything is um, the most amazing things can be used for evil, but we have the wrong people or maybe the people with the wrong attitudes up there running things. And that's why it's so important that we have candidates like you being able to speak. I mean, we, we have to fix those fundamental issues. Right. Otherwise we won't progress. Yep. No. And what's been created is this incredible fear of disagreement. That's right. Now people, it's as if you have to shut down a conversation if there's a disagreement as opposed to saying, well, maybe each of us can benefit. We might each learn something from this disagreement. Why don't we pursue it? Let's follow it out. Maybe, you know, I thought I was 100% certain of something or other and someone I'm talking to brings in an element I hadn't considered before. Why is that so threatening? Is war really our only option? Nuclear war they're talking about? Is that really our only option? Or can we negotiate? And can we talk? And can we learn from each other? And can we figure out a different way so that the only option isn't a zero-sum game? You know, that a zero-sum game has, we've evolved past zero-sum games, at least in we're supposed to be. Right. (laughs) Right. Now, that's the idea. And, of course, that's part of the domain of the artist really you know what Schiller was dealing with when he was so horribly disappointed by the failing of the French Revolution and he said a great moment for the American Revolution had occurred people were inspired and there was a revolution in Europe but he said the people were not they were too small they weren't emotionally um, prepared to consider how to create a republic and it failed and, so how do we well just look at what happened is all the the british the jacobins the bankers that's who took over they whipped everyone right. into a frenzy and got everyone to chop everyone's head off <laughs> um that and so is, how do yeah. we deal with that because we have the right ideas but yet we have a populace that isn't capable at this point maybe through ignorance maybe through censorship to be able to take advantage of the beauty of our future do you think the internet if unleashed is it a tool that's good enough no uh i mean it's it can be a tool for the good but i think there are certain things like participating in a musical ensemble uh participating and watching as audience or actors in great classical drama i think we have to really work on cultivating love and I mean agape, right? Not erotic love, but where you cherish the goodness, the potential goodness in your neighbor, where you begin to really consider the future for people that you've not even met, who haven't been born, or even consider the people who went before, who made incredible sacrifices so we could be here. There are that's right millions of people who lived before us whose names we don't even know, who did heroic things. And I think if we thought about how they would look upon what we're doing, do we want their lives to have been in vain? Or should their lives have been given for some purpose? I think it's very urgent that we get out of ourselves. The culture is designed to keep everyone thinking about their themselves, me against the world. Uh, <laughs> so what are some practical, I know that's exactly right. So how do we, what are some practical things? I mean, we have to fix, like number one, people like you running for Congress need to be able to, to seriously, we need an adult system. It can't be a thug system where only they control everything. I mean, they essentially, it's a Schumer fixed 
race. He's going to win <laughs> and it's com- it's completely fixed. At the moment, that, that appears to be the case. But look, I'll tell you, there's a change happening by some younger associates of LaRouche and myself, which are these interventions at the town hall meetings where now AOC was hit, Congressman Bowman was hit. I had a little exchange with Senator Gillibrand at one of her town hall meetings. Barack Obama was hit by two young LaRouche organizers in Detroit on this question of nuclear war. And even though the masses were all trying to scream and drown them out, there were people as they were being dragged out of the meeting saying, thank you, thank you so much. Thank you for bringing that up. And I had a, I had a sort of dream a year and a half ago that I wished we could get to the point where no public figure would be allowed to get up and tell lies to the audience. And I have a feeling we're beginning to get to that, which is tremendous. So they have stolen the vote. They are censoring everything. You feel like you don't have power, but you can speak the truth. Uh, And the more people, I don't think these incidents, I would love everybody to copy this. You never want to do it in rage. You never want to be violent. You just want to speak the truth loudly. Don't come here and give us a lecture about what a great political leader you are if you're not going to tell us how you plan to avoid nuclear war. We're on the brink of nuclear war. You address that. That's what we're interested in. And uh, I think people actually have underestimated how much power they have. And even if they try to silence us, you know, in Germany, they're now saying that anyone who says anything that could possibly construed as um, somehow legitimizing Russia's so-called unprovoked invasion of Ukraine can go to jail for three years. Imagine that. Okay, so what are they hiding there? Because it's not, okay, they're ignoring the nuclear war threat. I mean, Biden, for crying out loud, said that we're the closest we have been to nuclear Armageddon, and then he goes on vacation for the weekend. (laughs) I mean, this is ridiculous, right? I mean, it's absurd. Right. So why are they hell-bent on being in Ukraine, it's obvious that they're hiding something because nobody with the brain operates like this. Right. That's true. And I think there's probably, well, I think there's multiple benefits to them. And they they imagine it's not because it's going to backfire. It already is. And I'm becoming more and more optimistic that we are going to totally uh, turn this around. It's not guaranteed. That's the danger. But I, I am becoming optimistic about it. Uh, they have many things. One is they want to destroy Russia. They want to destroy China. You can look at World War II and why Montague Norman and Prescott Bush financed Adolf Hitler. They wanted Germany and Russia to fight each other and destroy each other. They didn't want two European industrial powers that could, you know, supersede the Royal Navy. So that was part of the game. And Biden's been very clear. He intends to have regime change in Russia and destroy Russia. But there's more. There is what Hunter Biden and Joe Biden were involved in in Ukraine. I am certainly very eager to know what is known about these bioweapons labs, which Victoria Newland admitted exist. She called them uh, bio-research labs. But why are we doing that in another country? Is it because they're doing something that's illegal in the United States? I think that's a legitimate question to ask. What was going on there? Do we really think that Agent Orange and anthrax were the last chemical, biological weapons that U.S. intelligence agencies ever developed? Do we think that the people in these agencies are so conscientious and enlightened that they would um, be loath to torture hundreds of thousands of people? We've seen a lot of evidence that they don't care about torturing people, whether it's literally through physical forms of kinetic torture or other things. So clearly there's some whole other layer to this that they want to hide. Um, And that's a fringe benefit, I suppose. But the ultimate thing is, is this world where some tiny elite rules over everyone else. And as I've said on multiple occasions, if you are intending to eliminate 
7 billion out of 8 billion of the world's people, then you better make sure that those 7 billion people don't talk to each other. <laughs> That's right. And <laughs> yeah, just it's so these people are insane. That's I just don't see them as serious other than the fact that a serial killer is insane and what their actions are serious, you know, it, but they're not serious as candidates or as people who should be ruling, but the situation is serious. <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly. And I keep thinking of, you know, I haven't read a whole, whole lot about toxic workplaces, but you hear the term, but I, I, you see it in FBI operations and elsewhere. If you have a person who's singularly nasty and aggressive if the other people are all just nice guys and going about their business, the dominant dynamic becomes the nasty, aggressive person. That's what by, they mean by a toxic workplace, right? It's usually not yeah. caused by a majority. It's caused by a couple people or take Ukraine. The um, I forget which Nazi it was, but one of them was bragging. I think it was the C-14 group. He said in the Maidan, we were about 8%, but we were the life of the party. In other words, they couldn't have overthrown the U Ukrainian government, at least they, unless they had 8% Nazis. Oh, so the Nazi, why? Because it's terrifying. Yep. Right. So you use terror to cow everyone else, although you are far from being the majority. And, and that's what we're up against right now. Right. Yeah, that's, that's exactly, exactly what we're what up against. Doing. Yeah. So we have this ridiculous situation. And so people need to be following you because you're an actually an adult in the room willing to talk about. I mean, this is what we need. Adult discussions, adult debates, real debates instead of totally whitewashed in front of us, geared to the lowest common denominator. And we're like, this is so stupid. There's a lot of smart people out here that are watching complete stupidity around us going, I, I can't stand this. We need to have adults in the room having real debates and serious conversations, not the dumbest people we could find. They seem like they're the dumbest. I don't know. They're probably blackmailed and won't talk about serious things. But that's what we have sitting right now. So people need to follow you because you're a serious one. You're an actual adult in the room trying to do things. Right. So how do they follow you? <laughs> well, I'm so glad you asked. My website is sareforsenate.com and my last name is S-A-R-E, just four letters. And it's spelled out on the word sareforsenate.com. On Twitter, I'm just Diane Sare. Um, I'm on Facebook. I got on TikTok, but they're threatening to eliminate oh, me because I've violated their something or other. <laughs> Once I, I, you know, I had a video that went over 400,000 views and, you know, I've refused to take my clothes off. So I guess they don't want me on there. I'm not sure. But uh... <laughs> about it. It's hard not to buy. If you're an adult in the room talking about serious things, you will get kicked off at some point. <laughs> right. Exactly. So that's hanging by a thread for the moment. I'm on TikTok, Telegram. I'm now using Rumble more. Uh, so people can definitely find me, but my last name is S-A-R-E. That's the trickiest thing I think people have to finding me. Well, and I'll have all the links below in the show notes so people can find that, whether they're right. watching on podcast or listening on podcast or watching on any of the video channels, but they need to go and they need to support you. We need to get Schumer out of there. He's really yes. bad. Um, at least support you so that they realize that there is this big groundswell of people that are saying we've had enough and yep. we need to have options. And these candidates are serious and you need to be taking them seriously because right. that will scare them either way. <laughs> I appreciate it. And just for people, if they're wondering, I had a man say, well, why should I support you over no opinion? And and then he said, well, tell me this what are you going to do after this election? I said, I am staying here. I'm going to run for office again. And if I get elected, I'll run for office again, probably, but you know, in six years. <laughs> well, people but, need to learn about who you are. And so even right. if they, you don't win, you're getting your name out there so that next time you'll even be bigger, but they need to realize that you have a lot of support. And then next time, if you have a lot ton of support on this, on these ballots, they can't say that you don't have the percentage support in the poll because you did last time in the official right. ballots. 
right if it's if it's accurate <laughs> yeah right well that's I mean, we the got that problem yeah no i would just say look we're 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 on a short fuse we're on a short fuse to nuclear war you understand that very clearly which is a good quality uh and therefore we have to ensure that we get off this trajectory the election may help with that i don't hold hope. I think if we get a Republican majority, some of the funding to the Ukrainian regime will be cut. That could be useful. But how do you get durable peace? And who is really going to be thinking about that? So that's what I'm concerned about, is to make sure that the policy that allows the best possible future for the human race is what gets through. And that really requires building a movement, having many more people finding the courage to use their voice uh, to challenge the lies, it's beginning to shatter. And like every fight, you can't tell exactly where the threshold is. You can't tell where that yeah, magic yeah. frequency is, where the floodgates open. But I suspect we may not be so far from that. Well, and thank you, because you'll be an adult in the room then. And that's what we need. We need people rising up to be smart voices and not be afraid to say what what is the truth. I mean, it is what it is. Okay, so it's sayerforsenate.com. Correct. I'll make sure I have that up. And then I'll have the links to everything else in the in the show notes. And thank you so much for coming. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's really been a pleasure. 